Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to this week's edition of the Digital Shop Talk Radio. I'm Tom Dorsey, uh, and I'm joined today from Dave DeRosier from uh, Freddie Kish's Complete Car Care in Waco, Texas. Uh, first time you've been on the show, Dave. Welcome, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Yeah, happy Wednesday to you, too. And, you know, if you guys don't know about Freddie Kish's, Gina Kish's shop, uh, look at it. What a professional operation that they're running over there. Uh, fantastic operators, digital shop now for, gosh, going on two years. It hasn't been that long, really. Went in, uh, in January of 19. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, about that time, came right out to conference and stuff and just, uh, you know, taking the bull by the horns like they do like to do in Waco, you know. Uh, and so uh, couldn't think of a greater uh, guest to have on. Maybe you caught a little of our conversation on Facebook, but we're talking kind of about, you know, what happens in the downtime, right? What do you, what do, you do when, you know, you have an unexpected maybe slowness in your schedule or, you know, seasonality or something else is, is causing you to have a little bit of extra time on your hands in your operation. And, you know, it'd be great if we could plan that stuff, but a lot of times it's not planned. And so we kind of have to have some protocol in place to, to manage that. And well, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do uh, when we got extra time on our hands. And so, and I, we thought that, you know, gosh, Dave really had a great response and, you know, really well thought out. So we thought, hey, you know, I'd love to have him on here and kind of pick his brain a little bit, help some folks out that, you know, maybe are looking for some guidance in that same area. And then we'll talk a little bit about how AutoVitals can actually help support that through our technology and some of the things that we're working on uh, when you're looking to uh, create a plan and a protocol and have some accountability behind some of your side hustle projects that you end up having to do, uh, just the nature of the beast. So again, buddy, welcome, Dave. Uh, really excited to have you on and um, kind of kick us off a little bit, you know, get us talking about, uh, you know, Kind of maybe rehash what we talked a little bit on Facebook. You'd showed us, you know, your, your whiteboard where you're managing that stuff. Um, how often do you find yourself walking around doing that audit? Is that a weekly type thing or is it just you're always on the go kind of looking for this stuff? Pretty much always on the go. I keep a, a notepad, a spiral notepad that I'm always writing stuff down. But you invariably, invariably you're going to miss something. Uh, your technicians are on it though. They're out missing. So what I do when we have slow times is I hand them a, their own little spiral round notebook and say, hey, let's do a walk around. Tell me what you see uh, maintenance, something needs painting, something that's customer facing that you've noticed uh, that doesn't meet our standard. Uh, sure enough, they're, they're very active in that. They'll be glad to write down uh, everything that yeah, well, you can tell it's paying off, right? I mean, look at that operation right there, you know, and it looks like, you know, if you're going to run it at that level, there's probably a lot of stuff that they find, right? Uh, just normal wear and tear, just stuff happening through the, through you know, the, the daily operation. Uh, and so do you keep it kind of cosmetic? Or are you looking for, you know, uh, kind of walk us through kind of your prioritization of the stuff you find? Because it sounds like you got techs that are, finding stuff and letting you know, maybe the front counters finding stuff. I'm sure anybody who's on staff is walking through. 
how do they kind of communicate that stuff? Do they, do they just walk by and tell you and you got to write it down? Do they all have notebooks and they turn in at the shop meeting or something? How's that working? Right, exactly. We have, everyone has a notebook assigned to them. We've got spiral round notebooks that has their name on the front of it. Hey. <laughs> nice. It's like cool. Book. Uh, let's write it down on a master list. Uh, we combine that master list because uh, obviously you're going to have some duplicates in there. Find that master list and then we write it up on the whiteboard. Okay, this is, these are the 20 things that need to be done uh, today. Let's everybody jump in and get after it. You know? And so then, and so once, so you put it, who, who writes it up on that whiteboard? Are you, uh, you know, as the GM, are you kind of overseeing all of that or, or do you have a foreman or a production manager or something that's doing that? Yes. I am all of the above. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm the one that's writing it up there on the board. Uh, I'm one of the few in the building that has legible handwriting. So. <laughs> uh, but just write it up there on the board. And then we have, uh, we have our own little internal competition. Of, uh, who can check off most things and put their initials next to it? Yeah. We give them like a little $50 gift card for whoever, whoever excels that day. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what I figured. That's what I was going to ask you next, right? Is because then you got to kind of delegate that stuff and there has to be some accountability. I mean, do you put deadlines in there? You know, I want this thing done by this time. How do you manage that? How do you hold them accountable? Well, you just have face-to-face -face conversations about it. Okay. Does your skill level allow you to do this? If so, okay, let's set up a timeline. If you have it done today, well, let's get after it. Um, I don't really if I'm being honest with you, I'm not setting a specific deadline on stuff like that, uh, unless it's equipment related. But we want to really get in there because you know, equipment can affect your production. Make sure that we do that as possible. But the customer facing areas are just as important. Our image is very important. You know that uh, customers, when they're looking at your shop, we introduce our customers to our shop on a very regular basis. They're out there or looking into the shop, I want to make sure what they see. Yeah, you know, and so, and we've got half of our expert panel of experts in here, Uwe Kleinschmidt, and I guarantee you he's champing at the bit right now to ask you some questions because most of the stuff you said, I guarantee you is curling his toes right now, writing stuff down, managing a whiteboard, all the kind of stuff that as a digital shop, we like to, well, you know, we like to recommend against. And we like to come up with solutions to help replace those things that make it a easier for you, right? Uh, easier for all involved to understand kind of what's expected and where they're at and, you know, uh, make sure that it gets done and have some accountability and monitoring in place. Uba, what do you think, buddy? Sorry to disappoint you. Oh, oh no. Here we go. <laughs> I'm blown away by the culture Dave has created. I mean, if the whiteboard is the place where everybody can see it and you check it off, I mean, what better accountability? Whiteboard's right in the middle of the shop. Uh, it's right. Behind the dispatch desk, it's a big whiteboard. What happens when somebody rubs up against it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, you got, you got, a, you got a, a chain link around it, chain link fence around it. Right. Got spike strips if they go. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, 
do do customers see that too, or is it in the back shop? It's in the back shop. It's in the back shop. Okay. When we when we have a new client come in the shop, we always introduce them to uh, what at least one of our shop foremen, you know, our our team leaders out there in the shop. Introduce them. We also walk them through uh, the dispatch area of the shop so they can see how clean our shop is. And, uh, I think that's a good visual indicator of how we're going to take care of their automobile needs. Care about our shop that much, we're sure going to care about them. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and that's a that's an old trick that you know, like you restaurants used to use that, right? As you walk the people by the kitchen, so they smell all the food before they get to their table. Then when they sit down, they're extra hungry and they want to order the expensive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and and if I may ask. Uh, when do you do this? Is it a regular lunch and learn meeting when you go through the whiteboard or is it sporadic and you just decide it during the week sometime? Uh, what's the... Yeah, we don't have a regular schedule on that. We write them up on the whiteboard as we find them. And then if we have downtime, uh, if we see some openings in the schedule, we'll say, okay, I know this afternoon that uh, we've got a light schedule. Okay, buddy, let's get up here and we're going to assign tasks. Um, make sure that those tasks are assigned to the right people that have the level complete them properly. And are there, I mean, is it really managed in a tight way? There's a due date to it and you have to meet it or do you, how, how do you manage that? No, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't, I don't time down to a deadline, but I will say this, my guys are very motivated and they know our standards. Typically, I don't have to ride them to get things done in a timely manner. Most of the time, they're done in a timely manner. Unless it's a piece of equipment that's broken or something like that where we have right. to go hard. Uh, but we, we stay on top of this stuff. You know, we, we also have a what I, I call our call our environmental manager. Uh, his name is Mike. He does shop clean on a regular basis. He does some of the small repairs like bolts and that kind of stuff. That is his yeah, we, we are get we are getting feedback, Dave, that you, you are hard to hear, and I thought it's on my side, but uh, it might be on yours. Um, Turn my microphone up. It's kind of normal. Uh, it's it's more like an interruption. All of a sudden, your voice is gone, and then comes back. More like a glitch than than the yeah, volume. Yeah, just kind of fades away. It's almost like a. You know, the battery's dying, and then it recharges real quick, and then it dies again. <laughs> <I'm out now. laughs> yeah, let's try. So if you had a magic wand and would like to improve your system now to Tom's point, yes, what digital version of it would make life easier? Well, if, if any. Right. We're about to go to TVP at X. Uh, as soon as my coach lets me get in there, uh, uh, Ken, uh, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago about changing over to it and put brakes on it for a little while, but um, I want to go to that. I know there's a task manager in there, and that's yes. used. I mean, I, I have a task manager up here right now. Maybe we can, um, I can share my screen, and then um, we can quickly see whether that meets your, your needs. Um, let me see how I do this here. 
sorry, I have a really big screen. I hope this is awesome. visible. Thanks. I get a little bit bigger by zooming in. That much stuff on your screen. What what size is that screen? Like sixty inch? So, <laughs> you know, like a sixty-five inch computer screen over there. What are you doing? I would love to have like those curved game computers. You know. Oh yeah, you wrap yourself in the uh, just immerse yourself in the technology. Exactly. We would never sleep. Um. So. Dave, so you would basically um, have the ability to then add a new task, right? So you go in here and then there are a few things already uh, predefined or we will, um, we will detect, you know, what you type in most often and then it will show up in this list. And right. then there's an optional note. You assign it to any of your... Uh, staff, which is in front of a TVP. So it's not including the te technicians. And if it's RO related, you would select an RO uh, to it. Otherwise, you leave that empty. And then you, you define what the start date of the task should be. And, and once you've done it, it will then list for that person in this list. So in this case, Anne-Marie has nothing uh, to worry about but the shop as you can see here so i am logged in as Anne marie and and there's a zero for me but there's six pending for the uh, uh, accumulation of anybody else right so i could uh, then also just click on this up here and then it will show what the tasks are which are not for me, right? So you see here, Cody has a few, Jessica has one, right? And and those you see here are all automated, right? Uh, none of them have been done manually, otherwise the color would be different. You would see it's a blue bar across. Um, they, are, they are automatically generated here, right? And then you as the manager, you can then see um, depending on how you configure it, um, who is um, behind. So, so in this case, you know, Cody seems to have a little cue on things going, and then you just say, uh, let's assign it to somebody else, right? And, and so this way, this can become your whiteboard. Visual whiteboard. Yep. And you can go as far as if that helps visually to project it to a screen, right? Then everybody knows, uh-huh, right? But um, so when you, you assign a task to a particular person, will it, will it send it to their, uh, to their iPad as if you were assigning a, a repair to them? No, so for this is only working for counter-personal, me meaning people who have a TVP in front of them. I see. Okay. Technicians, um, I mean, that's, a, that's an idea we can discuss. We were just of the opinion, you know, technicians work on cars. Right, exactly. And that's but sometimes the they do painting. Sometimes they, they do. Here. Yes. 
but sometimes they do painting. And so, and that's exactly, you know, that's the question, right? Is does the task manager open up to allow access on the tablet to even just to add observations and document observations that then can be managed through the task manager by Dave. Right. Or by, you know, whoever's in charge. Well, you'd like to have something like that where the uh, technician, if they find something, hey, I've got this piece of equipment broken and they can immediately add it to the task manager uh, for you versus having to walk all the way up, write it on the, write it on the whiteboard, they can just message it and send it directly to the task manager. Right. Yeah. Bill Connor, I don't know why he's not, uh, he's in the panel, but not on the panel somehow, uh, through some twist of fate, but, uh, he's saying that shop maintenance goes on the RO for shop to track time. So in other words, you should submit it like you would, uh, a recommendation. I'm, I take it, Bill. <laughs> Bill says he's lurking while learning. Yes. Submit it as a recommendation. So that's very interesting. Um, I mean, I like that. What do you think, Dave? However, we can get the information transferred digitally versus manually. It's nice about it. It's going to keep a permanent record of it. Yep. Hey, when did I last fix this valve on this tire machine? Okay, well, I can look back through that, know when it was done versus trying to remember. Obviously, it's been erased off the whiteboard on it. Well, so we would allow the technician maybe in the chat to mark this as a potential task for somebody, right? And then it, it, I would not build the whole task manager out on the tablet. I would just say, if you chat something in, check a check mark, which says that's a potential task and it shows up in the task manager for you or whoever, um, is managing the task list to see, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let me edit it or assign it or, right. or ask a question back to the to the tech. So we, we will manage that through chat. Um, that's, a, that's a great idea. Yeah, and maybe, you know, and coming back, it just says, hey, you have a task assigned. If so, if right. you have a task assigned, then, you know, it's outside right. of the ROs that are on the tablet, you've got right. this. Yeah, you can make sure that, you know, and then f as far as visibility goes, yeah, sure. You could, you know, put that up to a screen in the shop or wherever you want to put it um, to replicate that whiteboard experience. Right, right. And now our plan is to put a, a large screen in the shop so we can, they, they can see the TVP, kind of see where everybody's at. Of course, they can see that on their iPad, but they're only seeing where they're at. Cool. So, Tom, you, you go. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So, so the other thing, you know, that, that, you know, I, 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 I want to go get out into the weeds on pretty much is, is because there's a, there's this kind of, um, yeah, there's two sides of the fence, I guess, right. When it comes to how else do we handle downtime? So it's great if I've got some, some housekeeping projects and things like that to keep me busy earning my paycheck. But what about honing my skills, right? As far as training goes, do you have a plan in there to where, you know, if gosh, you know, all of a sudden we've got this half an hour hole in the day, do, do we do 
some on the job training? Do you have kind of a plan in place or a protocol in place that says, everybody get their tablet out and let's run through some best practice curriculum in a, you know, kind of in a focused short amount of time? What we do is I, we, we run teams here and we've got three teams. Awesome. Team has a team leader and that team leader is responsible for training. Uh, of course, we have Auto Vitals, uh, NAPA, AC Delco, uh, and uh, ATI that all have training modules available. Uh, hey, if you've got a tech that's not available and you don't have a situation where you can do on-the-job training, get them, get them on a computer. Uh, every workstation has a, uh, a PC with, a, with internet capability, and they can jump on there and train anywhere they want to. Uh, Lead tech is responsible for my B tech, my C tech needs training in this area. Find him something and get him training. Yeah, you definitely don't have, with all of those affiliations, you are not, uh, you know, you don't have to hunt far for some good training collateral. Probably the, the challenge becomes how do we focus on a situation or a need uh, and, and find the right material to address at that time. So kind of talk us through a little bit. I mean, do you start at the feedback level? Because that's another thing that I think that that project communication tool could do is also to say, hey, you know, I could use some help on, on this or, um, you know, maybe you run across even technical training stuff. You know, gosh, this new car that we're seeing a lot of has this, thing that we're having to run through hoops we need some more solid training about that how do they communicate that need back to you and then how do you kind of uh, formulate a curriculum throughout the week to manage uh, that need and that feedback i don't handle a lot of that as far as i let the teams communicate within themselves as far as what training that atec says, hey, my B and C guy are weak in this area. They all have the passwords for all the different training modules. And when they jump in there, I let them take care of that part. So that stuff's all self-guided? Self-guided, yeah. And then, you know, obviously I'm in there. And if you see a technician struggling on an issue, hey, what's going on here? Why are you struggling with this? Obviously, then I'm going to lead tech need to talk about this he's obviously struggling over there let's find some training modules and i'll jump in there and find some training modules that are pertinent to the struggle that particular technician is having dave how do you organize your teams is it by type of work or um is this like little shops within a big shop how exactly. do you exactly uh, you have a service advisor a tech b tech c tech um be honest with you, it's uh, it's modeled after uh, after Frank Skinner's shop. We went out there and visited him, and uh, we were blown away how well it worked. And brought it back here and said, "Okay, this is how we're going to do it." Wow. Um, and it's worked pretty well. We've had some growing pains with it, obviously, but it's worked pretty darn well. Um, so yeah, you have essentially three little businesses inside of a. And, and so the techs are strictly dedicated to their team. You cannot borrow them to do some work on another team. No, we can. We do share each team. 
but we try and limit it as much as possible. Uh, I allow the service advisors to talk to each other uh, within there. If you've got a technician, hey, I've got a technician, an A tech on my team that's not busy right now. Other advisors got some diagnostics. Hey, can I borrow them? Sure. Uh, they're responsible for scheduling their work for their team. Uh, we have uh, a goal for them each week on what we want that team, team to run from our standpoint. So that's how we kind of structure this. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, I got a great question too in the chat is asking, um, do you allow your apprentice techs to shadow your master tech during the slow time so they can get some of that because that's kind of like the best training that you can actually get you know on the job training is you know, yeah. we do a lot of that here uh, fortunately i've got three really good uh, a techs in our shop that are willing and of course we, we give them bonus for, for being that lead tech uh and doing on the job on the job training all of us that are in the car business know that's probably some of the best training around is actually doing it, working with your hands. It's very good training. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's part of that. That's kind of part of that curriculum. I mean, do you go as far as to even assign, especially for when you get a new hire and you're ramping somebody up, you, you kind of assign them. You got to spend five hours hanging around around this guy this week or something like that. Typically, if we have someone new, going to assign them a kind of the buddy system there for at least 30 days yeah. they get to know the culture of our shop uh and what our expectations the quality of work personal expectations personal appearance expectations um so they're well aware of course we have our sit down on our first day and i got um, all of the job descriptions and writing and so forth but you know, we definitely buddy them up with somebody so they can uh, Get to know the shop. Yeah, get their feet wet. Get their feet wet. You don't want to throw them into a busy shop like what we have, just leave them all by themselves. And I'm in there on a very regular basis. So uh, my desk is out in the shop, so I'm usually got an eye on what's going on. Don't let them, don't let them get too far away, huh? Keep no, not too, not too far for the most part. I, I let them do their thing. That's uh, you know, I'm here to work on the business, not in the business, but I'm definitely keeping on what's going on. So, you know, it looks like you sparked a, you know, you, you, you've got a lot of questions coming in now, which is good. And, you know, John Conway's got a really, you know, I wanted to get to this too, because this is something I think I'm going to even build a show around it is to say that, because again, this is another thing where there's, you know, pretty solid camps on both sides of the fence. And that's, doing some social media awareness marketing in those slower times, right? Do you allow your guys? So his question exactly as written is in today's auto repair environment, what marketing ideas are you using social media, et cetera? And, and then where's that facilitated from? Do you have, because with the auto vitals CRM tools and, you know, our marketing tools in there, I mean, those were designed really to be able to be done on the fly. You create a custom campaign, you can it, however you want to do it, you have very targeted lists and then a service writer should be able to go out and execute those. Do you have people doing that type of work in the slower times actually effectively working to fill their own gaps in their schedule by either doing follow-up calls we haven't seen in a while or using the tools to send out digital marketing campaigns 
uh, in those downtimes or even better before the downtime comes because we can project it, we see it in the calendar. Yeah, all of the above. Uh, we're using auto vitals for a lot of our, our CRM type stuff to your point. Uh, they do our Facebook stuff. Uh, we do radio, TV, but as far as calling people, uh, all of our service riders are responsible for, uh, you know, we can run a report out of Mitchell. Nice. And these are the customers that we have not seen in 90 days, 120 days. Hey, give them a call. Hey, what's going on? Um, now it's been 120 days since we did an oil change on your car. Um, we haven't done a tire rotation. And, you know, if you look at their mileage and project how far they've driven for a tire rotation, be proactive. These folks in the door. Um, and I get here in the morning and I'm looking at the schedule and I see that that we're light on the schedule that day. I'm printing those reports and it's on their desk when they get here at 7:30, ready to go. Hey, let's get after it, guys. You're responsible for driving your team. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. So, get the problem. Yeah, and, and so is that kind of – so that's, again, that's another thing that's kind of – you know what the expectation is. You know what you need to do. Go get it done. And then you just kind of monitor to make sure that kind of that stuff's been, been handled versus you having to micromanage and set uh, exact deliverable dates and stuff like that. Right, right. We're just – you know, you're watching and they know what the expectation is. We know what, what we should be doing every day. I let these, these men and women do their job. Uh, they, as long as you set the expectations, you give them the tools and the toolbox, get it done, go out there and do it. So how are you, how are you verifying that stuff? I mean, are they marking in auto vitals that the, call, the customer was called, the follow-up call was completed, and then you can go in and look at the data and see um, that, that those things have been done? Sitting there, we're uh, Jeff and I that are uh, a management team here. Uh, we're monitoring. Okay, I've made these calls. How many appointments did you make today? Awesome calls. How many turndowns did you get? Why did they turn you down? What can we do different to uh, fill that gap? We need to go and get the car. Are we not flexible enough? Whatever the situation is, try to adjust on the fly. Don't give them a reason to say no. So um, I got another question real quick. So they're asking, are your general service techs, oil lube tires, et cetera, are they doing the courtesy inspections? And if they are, do they get help training from the master techs on what to look for? So are they giving them guidance even to, down to the inspection level? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, um, our general, our GSs are doing the vast majority of our courtesy inspections. Um, but we have a, our, Non-waiter courtesy inspection is 54 items that we're looking at. Um, and we're making sure I audit those inspections on the fly as I'm watching them being done and I and I see it get turned in. I'm looking at them right there. Uh, but the, uh, the teams are grouped together uh, physically in the shop. So that ATEC, BTEC, CTEC are right there next to each other. They're watching what's going on. Those ATECs are, are Good eye on them. Hey, don't miss this. Hey, don't miss that. Make sure you're looking at it. Um, very, very much hold that ATEC responsible for that team and making sure that inspection is done properly. It's not, it's reassigned. Yeah, I'm always a big fan of that concept, you know, that model because, you know, 
I, I now have an individual incentive to ramp my new guy up and, and, and take care of him and get him productive because it's affecting our team numbers. And then it eventually affects me versus, Oh my gosh, I got to train this new guy and what a hassle. And it's going to drag my paycheck down. Um, and so I've always been a big fan. Your thoughts, Dave, on how can auto vitals help you to, to make that even more tight from a team um, metrics perspective, management perspective, operationally, how can we help you to take that even to the next level? Or I should say specifically Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know an answer to that question, Tom. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't have an answer to that question as far as I feel like we're doing a, a pretty good job on the inspections right now that uh, Auto Vitals, really, I know you've got uh, working on continual improvement on your end with DPX and stuff. We haven't gone to that yet, but uh, we're about to. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm real happy with the product that we have right now. Well, that's, well, there you go. Then, you know, I guess, Uwe, you can take the rest of the day off, buddy. Go enjoy that. Go enjoy it. Go, go run up the hill in the, in the wildfire smoke. Hey, I got a follow-up from, it's from showroom. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, uh, but, but, um, it, and that was the, the, the person that had talked about, you know, who's doing the um, inspections and with the guidance and saying, the reason I'm asking is because, you know, we have the least experienced GS techs performing most of the inspections and they, can miss a lot of the low-hanging fruit, uh, the ball joints, tie rods, brakes, you know, whatever it is that, that you know, filters. Uh, and so is there a process in place to where there's kind of an audit done? Maybe I'm not breathing down your neck or looking over your shoulder, but I'm going through and I'm double-checking those um, results. Uh, or is that all handled by, handled by that SA that's on that team? My question is, why don't they have those items on their inspection list if they want them looked at? As mandatory. Right. They are on my inspection list. That is part of the undercar inspection. Ball joints, tie rods, steering gear, troll arms, uh, power steering leaks. All of those things are items that are, that are, should be in your inspection. And if they're not, you need to put them in there. Yeah. And you can be have inspections here. Um, yeah. The key, I think, is to avoid that those items get skipped, you, you really declare them mandatory and you can say you have to take a picture, right? It's pretty hard to avoid taking the picture then. And, and so that would be probably the best way to do this. Yeah, I have, I have the mandatory, the, the front end inspection, brake inspection is mandatory. Uh, they cannot submit the inspection without those things being checked off. Uh, if there is a recommendation on a need for replacement, they must take a picture of it. It's in our picture policy. If they recommend it, get a picture of it. Or a video, of course, if you have a loose ball going or something like that, uh, the video is mandatory. Those things, they need to change their inspection if they're missing those things. They need to change their training. Uh, you know, for us, the ATEC loves to see those things get found because that to a paycheck for them. And that leads to work for the B-Tech and the A-Tech when the C-Tech finds it. That also leads to the A-Tech getting his bonus once we pass our goal for that team. 
Well, you know, and that's that's a funny thing too, because then it brings up, you know, it brings up a situation. I, I'm I'm always a suspicious person, right? I just look at things, you know, how can I get gamed, right? Well, what if I then start to, you know, train my GS to just find me the gravy all the time and that's how they run the inspection? How do you make sure that that's not happening? You do that through full audits of your inspection process? Exactly. That's my responsibility as far as auditing those inspections, auditing repair orders, uh, to make sure that we're not just picking on the gravy stuff, that we're, we're doing the things that, are, uh, that need to be done on the car. That's the reason that I... Uh, it is mandatory for pictures and or videos of any work. It's going to have to show me, we can show the customer, of course. It's our responsibility to show the customer uh, what's going on, why they need it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you folks aren't, you know, if some of you shops out there aren't using it or don't know about it, you know, check out those mandatory topics. You can assign topics, say they're mandatory. And to Lou's point, even they have to include a picture, right? You can get into that level of detail. Then it's impossible to game that, right? Is that you, you can't submit it unless it's done. Now, of course, I can go out and just take a picture of the moon or whatever. Uh, right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I just kicked something. <laughs> I thought my whole computer dropped. Yeah. Um, but then, but then, you know, it becomes evident and, and you can, you know, uh, nip that in the bud as soon as you get those kind of random, random images and stuff like that through the, through the tool uh, and having that process in place for auditing. So, so let me ask you this, Dave, do you, cause I'm, I imagine you're going to go through weekly and you're going to audit stuff or, or whatever your time process is talking to shop meetings about it, but do you have a protocol in place and with, you know, kind of a defined um, best practice for the service advisors to do those audits on the fly as they receive them. If the service advisor finds an issue, that is their responsibility to go back to the team leader and say, okay, and I mean, they, it's an immediate response when they see something wrong on the inspection uh, to go back to the team leader and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, I'm going to reassign it, get it done right. You know, and then they also let me know about that so I can audit. Yeah, and then and that gets into the training curriculum. If you start to get too many of those kind of pieces of feedback, well, we better knock some training out. So that's a great, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm seeing ways that, especially through that task manager and, you know, if you get some, some reporting metrics kind of out of there, you can establish something to help you to identify those areas that need improvement, you know, without even having to rely on the feedback, you can see it in the data. Uh, and that's always going to be, I think, more efficient and more accurate, um, you know, from a, from an operational perspective. You know, real quick, too, I want to get a question in. You know, Jennifer Hayden asked this, and I've been looking for a spot to fit it in. She's worried it's a little off topic, but, but I think this is a good spot. And because there's some best practice um, and, and then also maybe some, just some, some technical, uh, uh, you know, techniques that you can use to to address this jennifer but she's saying what's the appropriate way to handle the waiters so you must get a lot of waiters in your shop right she says they they feel like uh, uh that when we're busy with multiple waiters we're not getting to their inspections uh fast enough to edit present it and then sell more because they've been waiting long enough uh and that's the age-old dilemma right 
Uh, I don't feel that the notifications that the inspection is finished and ready to edit is not enough in your face. I wish it would pop up on the screen. I don't know if that's part of the new rollout. So part of that, Jennifer, it sounds like what you're asking is that you're saying, gosh, the tech submitted it. I just didn't see it. And I, if I could have got to it a little earlier, I could have got it to the customer and they would have paid more attention instead of just wanting to get out because they've been waiting too long. Uh, Dave, I think I'll let you kick that one off if you could kind of how, what's your advice there? Of course, John and Adam and everybody else that's in, you know, uh, if you would like to respond in chat, uh, that'd be fantastic to help Jennifer out as well. And then, uh, and I, I, I see Uva's got his hand up, but I was going to kind of keep you to the last Uva. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. It's an issue, in my opinion, of doing a good of balancing doing a good inspection along with doing it in a timely manner. Uh, and to me, that starts at the counter with proper scheduling and talking to the customer, letting them know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and giving them a reasonable timeline of how long it's going to take to do it properly. Now, here at our shop, we do have two different inspections. We've got a long inspection for item one that we use if the customer, you know, the client's not waiting. If the client is waiting, we do have a shorter inspection. It's 25 items, uh, but we always give our client the option. Would you like the full inspection, but it's going to take about 15 minutes longer for your service. There is no charge for this service. Would you like? And give that client an option. Talk to them. Let them know why they should go with the longer inspection, or make sure it's a better inspection, make sure your car's safe, and identify any issues that you can take care of, you're gonna need 15, 20 minutes more. So to me, that's at the counter with your advisor, getting out in front of the timeline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Setting that expectation. Right. Um, and you know, and to John, John Long's point in the chat is saying limit those waiters. He went as far as to, to manage that through the schedule. So they'll only allow a certain amount of waiters at a specific time. So yeah, you're gonna wait around, you can bring it in at two. And once you fill up that, that you know, waiter uh, quota, then it's the next time block that you have. So I think that's a great idea. What about, um, what do you think, and, and you know, both to John and to you, Dave, what do you think about having a specific quick wins type quick inspection that you can knock out real fast and show maybe some of the more obvious stuff, pique their curiosity, and then you lay on that, you know, I'm going to really need to dig in here a little bit more. I'm going to need a little extra time. Hey, we got a shuttle. We got this. We got that. Um, wouldn't you rather get out of here? Well, and we encourage that. We, we have a shuttle here. We see a vehicle that obviously has a lot of issues. Short inspection is just not going to cover it. Get with the advisor. Uh, it is the technician's responsibility. Use the chat. Uh, message the advisor. Hey, this car's got a lot of problems that are visually evident. I don't even need to go through the inspection. This car needs a full inspection before it goes out. Of get with your client. See if we get them to leave the car. Uh, we have a full-time shuttle driver. Get them to work. Get them home, get them to the mall, get them to Burger King when they go to Wherever you want to go. <laughs> Take your roller skating. We try to be as flexible as possible and, and uh, give them a reason to leave the car. Yeah. 
it's all starts, in my opinion, there in that situation with the advisor getting out in front of it, letting the client know what's going on with their car. Uh, so we know when the car leaves here, it's safe. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you need your time. You need to take your time. And, you know, and John Long is even saying here, the customers that will only wait shouldn't be your customers, right? You can fire them. Go wait somewhere else. Because, uh, and really, it's not because, you know, we don't like people. It's, and, you know, and of course, in the COVID times, it's a little easier to, to run like this. But it's just that they are a disruption in your operation. They, whether you know it or not, or feel it or not, they impede the flow. They, they, they're, they're a, they're a, a stone in the middle of the river, right? You gotta, and we gotta divide around them and, you know, flow around them. Uh, you know, I used to do that. I love, you know, I grew up loving cars. As a matter of fact, that, you know, back when Shell, you know, gas stations used to have auto repair shops, guy who was a dirt track racer was a mechanic there. And oh my God, he was my hero. And I would just stand around in that guy's shop. Why he didn't chuck wrenches at me every single day, I just would come show up, you know. And of course, I would step on the little rubber hose and go ding, ding, ding. You know, like, oh, here's this idiot again. Man, that guy was so patient with me but you know those hangers those those uh fender hangers or fender lizards or whatever you want to call them uh you know that's an that's an issue and you got to manage those uh because before you know it man it really impacts your bottom line john's point you just need, you need to train your clients to say we're, we're really not a waiter shop but we've got a lot of different options for you uh to give you the ride to work ride home give Give your clients options, get out in front of it, schedule them for uh, And it's all about talking. Yeah, and the other thing that I would say on that, Jennifer, too, is just make sure you note that in the in, in auto vitals, you know, in the customer profiles is say, hey, this person, you know, they prefer to wait, they're a waiter. And then a lot of that stuff you can start to handle smartly through the digital uh, uh, tools, you know. So in other words, your appointment confirmation can be a lot more robust and have a lot more of that conversation and information uh, front-loaded ahead of time so maybe they don't need to um you know hang out or observe or because a lot of times you know it's two things either i'm only expecting to do this one little quick thing or i don't really trust you and i'm gonna sit and you know here and watch what's happening to make sure that you're not you know ripping me off or whatever it is and you kind of gotta want to you know profile them a little bit so you know who you're dealing with and then you can handle that uh accordingly and the transparency through the digital inspection and the communication that you can do before drop-off really should alleviate a lot of that suspicion and then you know people much less likely want to hang out and watch what you're doing the digital inspection to me and making it mandatory in your shop for pictures of any recommended work really alleviates a lot of the suspicion where customers can see yeah, they're out there filming, put you on YouTube and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, you know, to John Long's point. And, and Jennifer said, hey, thanks a lot. You know, we definitely have uh, trial that, but they they have those customers that just refuse to leave. And so to John Long's point, just fire them. <laughs> just tell them, just hand out your competitor's business card and say, hey, this guy, he's got nothing to do. He's waiting for you. <laughs> I have a handful of people that are yeah, right. We'll give you directions. No matter what. Drop you off there in the shuttle. <laughs> Hate to have to fire customers, but sometimes yeah. So those are customers. Chances are those 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 clients are ones that probably won't even open the inspection. Those are people that are just coming in for that forty nine dollar oil change, and they're out the door, and then they're going to whoever the least expensive shop is. 
this or that, they're not reliable clients. To not uh, they're not your kind of people. Yeah, so you got to be careful on how good a coffee you serve in the lobby, right? You serve too good a coffee, well, then they want to just hang out and drink free coffee all day. You become like a Starbucks. So you got to, you know, we've got free coffee, but boy, it'll stand up a spoon. So, you know, drink it at your own risk. Bet your coffee's better at your house. <laughs> <laughs> so bad, bad coffee, apparently, Jennifer, is the way to get them to run them off. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to drink coffee. Exactly. Yeah, it's from three days ago, but you know, try it. I don't know. We'll see. You tell me. Um, showroom is saying that the timeline is the most important item. I agree. We figure out how long does it take uh, the shop to do the service without rushing and then uh, tell the customer. This goes hand in hand with workflow manager. Rushing is a disaster. And that really is. That is the key, right? Is you don't want to rush through anything. You want to take your time. You want to have a plan. You want that plan and those pieces to fit together with the other plans that you got floating around and, you know, what the other teams in Dave's case are doing so that you don't, you know, have a train wreck in the middle of the day every day, right? You really want to balance that workload and plan uh, and work to your plan and not have to do those things on the fly. And you got to remember at the end of the day, that's all your call. You're in control. You picked up the phone. You agreed. You said, tow it on in. You said, sure, bring it down. Um, you know, yeah, we'll get it done today. So, so a lot of those things, you know, and that's where auto vitals become super important when you can look at the big picture and you can go through a couple of days in advance and behind and here and there, you can really see if what I what I, you know, am I digging my own grave right now with my mouth <laughs> telling these people this, or is this a smart time to do it? And that really fits into what we wanted to what we're talking about here today is what do we do when there's holes in the calendar and we're unexpectedly down? Well, that's how you get her done, right? If you've set that expectation, and to Dave's point, Dave's nailed it, is to say you got to train your customers over time. Well, guess what? You know, hey, those matter of fact, there you go. Those folks that like to wait, we got a little short wait today. Come on down. Woo. Now that's why you profile. And that's why you know, hey, I can look up this waiter. I got time in my schedule. Let me get them down. They're going to be attracted to that. There's, you know, it's a fast wait. There's nobody really in there. And I'm going to get a better time and deal out of it. Uh, and it's a win-win for the both of you. Now you got some work. You know, some work's better than no work. And then if you're using that digital inspection effectively, well, you just get them on the exit schedule. They want to just get the oil change today, but they're coming back for the tie rods or whatever it is, uh, the deferred work that you have documented in your inspection program. So um, really think smart around what am I doing? Yeah, I got a gap. That's not the end of the world. It's actually an opportunity and it's a way to both train those customers so that they become more regular and they become regular in the fashion that you appreciate, you know, that you can give the best service and they get the best experience. It's not just about, you know, you don't want waiters or, you, you know, it's you want to provide the best service to that customer. And if you know how those folks expect to be serviced, well, then you can schedule them and you can keep them kind of on the bench or in a queue to say, hey, here's my go-to for this situation. These folks like, you know, later in the day or earlier in the morning drop off or whatever it might be so that you you align their preference with your kind of opportunity right now. Uh, and so, you know, think of it from that perspective is that the downtime, as we can see, and you can look at Dave's shop, I mean, what an immaculate job they're doing from a maintenance perspective, right? It looks like everybody who works there is an artist, <laughs> you know, that's on their side gig. Uh-oh, sorry about that. In my ringtone there. 
I like that song. Yeah, it is a great one. Um, <laughs> little bluegrass there for you in the morning uh, or in the afternoon, depending on where you live. Um, but, uh, but also, you know, incorporate that uh, from a smart operational and marketing perspective is to say, this is an opportunity for me to learn about my customers, learn about my techs, right? Uh, you know, when you're having and running these projects, a lot of things open up. What do you mean you can't get over there and fix that seal on that hydraulic unit? Because why? Oh, you're so far behind. You haven't been kind of following some other practices maybe. And now we can do some training. And so it also helps to identify other areas of focus outside of just, you know, cosmetic uh, to help you to tighten up the ship, tighten up those teams and give, you know, really good expectation and process throughout the week to keep your guys focused because that's the worst thing, uh, David. And, and if you could speak to it a little bit, you know, is that when we kind of just stand around and we lose folks, that's the worst time. Then all of a sudden you get busy. Guess what? That's when all the mistakes get made because we lose focus. So how do you, Dave, how do you keep them, you know, focused on that big goal? I know you've got kind of, you know, more, I don't want to say lax. That's not the right word. It's more of a self-managed process there when it comes to your projects and your trainings. But, but actually at the same time, how do you keep them focused on that? And, you know, the end zone really is what it is on what the big hairy goals are for the business. Well, we, we have posted goals that everybody knows uh, from a financial standpoint. We share those every week uh, with our technicians our staff of this is our goal this is where we need to get um you know that's i mean to answer your question i guess as best as possible there i mean we've got posted goals and they know what they are let's go get them and i'm i'm out i'm out there cheering them on okay daily updates this is where we're at this is where we need to be uh get with your advisors they need to start calling some customers and i'm following up with that how many appointments did we set how are we going to improve it? But a lot of it is done verbally. I, I'm not doing a lot of it. Yeah, it's, that's, and that's the glory, right? That, that is because when you have that team environment like that and you've got the right culture in, in place is you don't have to get out there and crack the whip. They hold each other accountable. You know, right. it's the same thing. Y'all played, you know, your sports, whatever it was, soccer or football, whatever. You know, it didn't matter if the coach wasn't looking. You weren't going to mess around because the rest of the team doesn't let you mess around because, hey, we got a game on Saturday, right? And so, you know, get your head in the game, right? That's really what it's all about. And as long as you have that culture established, it will police itself, right? You just have to be clear in what those expectations are. And I really like your style, Dave. I got to tell you, because it's not micromanaged. It's not, you know, you know it's, it's like you said, stuff's up on the wall. You're an adult. You know what you need to do. Uh, if you don't get it done, well, then we have that conversation. But the expectation is, and my faith in you is that you're going to get this done, no problem, and ask for more and suggest more and be, you know, in that culture and in that process to where you are pulling the rope with us. You know, we're not dragging you along, uh, and, you know, or, or there's lots of places to work, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Well, I don't like to use that as a motivator. Uh, right. I like to use that. Um, I like to have the, 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 the team spirit. You got a goal. You're an adult. I'm going to set your expectation. I'm going to give you all the tools that you need to reach that goal. Now it's up to you to go get it. 
Um, you know, and there's financial gain for them, of course. And there's there's personal gain that, hey, we met our goal again this week. We exceeded our goal. Um, you know, we had a fantastic summer and uh, had a nice party for everybody and went out to the circle track races and, uh, you know, had a good time. Uh, you know, those are the – we set them the goals. Hey, you go now. It's up to you. We're not doing the work. You're doing the work. Here's your goal. Get it. God bless Texas. You can still go do stuff. You can go outside and go to races. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Rono is probably everywhere there, but none of us got sick, so we're good. <laughs> well, you know, you move fast enough, it ain't going to catch you, you know, when you're racing. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're – go ahead. Oh, no. Listen, we're at the top of the hour. You know, I really want to thank you, Dave. It was an awesome, awesome episode, man, and just great questions. I really want to thank Jennifer, showroom. You know, you guys had some awesome, you know, John Long, as always, you know, our co-host with the most. Um, oh, showroom's got a last one. Says, trust that they are, uh, that they will get it done. We are as strong as our weakest link. we got to get showroom on the show. Um, just dropping nuggets in chat. And so I really appreciate all the questions came, coming in for Dave. Uh, Dave, really appreciate you, Jenna. Thank you for letting Dave come on the show. That was awesome. Thank you for showing me this awesome picture of your operation. I want to say thank you and appreciation to everybody who's pictured in there because uh, you guys do a fantastic job and uh, it shows. Be proud, Dave. Uwe Kleinschmidt, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. Bill Connor, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing your beautiful face next week. I hope you're going to join us on, on the show instead of just lurking in the background. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about that. Uh, Dustin, as always, great job. Tune in next Wednesday. Now, next Wednesday, we're going to be talking with Drive. we got a Drive episode coming up. Uh, I'm going to go do a thing with uh, Dave uh, on his show, uh, and then uh, they're going to come on with us. And uh, so that's going to be next week. Tune in. we got uh, got great episode talking. It's not about selling Drive. It's about best practices around digital shop operations um, and, uh, and specifically how you can use that BCP to identify and involve your coaches, right? So it doesn't matter if you're Drive or ATI or what side of that fence you're on. It's going to be a great show for you. Tune in same time, same place, Wednesday, next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Hey! Really good.